this short uh, field notes uh, report. This is Cliff uh, Griego for picture-poems.com in the circle in the square. Let's see what we get here. It's March the 10th, Sunday afternoon, about uh, 12.30 or so, and a pack of snow machines has just invaded Heartbreak Meadow. They're about 300, 400 meters from where I'm sitting. Here, basically, the day is over. There's a little bit of skiing left. But it starts real early here, about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So um, I was just sitting, writing, and enjoying uh, the sunniest day we've had in nine days. And I just wanted to give you, the dear listener, an idea of what this is like. If you haven't actually seen it and experienced it, and most especially heard it, then um, that's a 250 kilo snow machine. It's probably an inexpensive one, $10,000 or so two-cycle, it's got a headlight on, and they're going back and forth trying to catch hillocks and do, uh, I don't know what they call it, some air, (laughs) and they're going around and around. It really is uh, quite literally in a runaway, and... um, of course, I question the wisdom of this kind of hydrocarbon activity. We're not officially in wilderness quite, but very close. And over the past 30 years, I haven't been here, um, there was a transition. Well, something happened with the culture that went completely the way of hydrocarbon winter. I mean, these could be young people skiing and snowshoeing and enjoying the solitude, the silence, and the purity of mountain winter. But instead, they've taken a chainsaw and turned it into a snow dirt bike. And it's one of the most aggressive, violent um, activities, don't call it a sport, again, we're questioning it, that I've ever witnessed. They're going back and forth, back and forth. If we're lucky, they'll scream up here. I don't know if they've seen us or not. But don't forget, they have uh, snow machines in the Alps. And uh, where I've always been based, they uh, have a 1975, they call it a shido, a skidoo, I think, in English. You're talking to somebody that couldn't even start a snow machine, let alone (laughs) drive one safely, and has uh, absolutely no ambition. (laughs) This could be just the beginning. There could be more packs. They're like Darth Vader's. They have, uh, they're very well equipped electronically. They usually have digital intercoms. I think I was picking up a little bit of interference from those. 
And uh, so they're talking uh, snow machinese as they do air and spin around, tear up and down. And um, they also have uh, GoPro cameras, not all of them, but quite a few on top of their helmets. And their helmets are completely enclosed. And so when I, uh, tragic comically, you have to laugh, give evil nothing to resist and it will disappear of itself. So I'm not actively out there campaigning against snow machines. My prediction, you can quote me on this, is that within a very short period of time, you can put an absolute number on it, but we're not going to do that, say five years or so, they'll be as, uh, in money terms, as worth, they already are worthless now, spiritually, worse than worthless, but in money terms as worthless as analog digital or analog camera equipment. Anyone out here the, in the summer, they have these wonderful garage sales. So you'll go from garage sale to garage sale in the, in the weekends. And people are uh, offloading a lot of their stuff. And you can pick up some just incredible buys. And almost invariably, there'll be two boxes. And one will be all those uh, uh, 33 LPs and perhaps even analog uh, uh, playback equipment, just boxes full of them that were just perfectly good. <laughs> but now people don't want and haven't wanted for decades, unless it's some sort of a retro art movement or something. Uh, so much for analog sound. But then even more striking are just boxes and boxes What for hobby, serious hobby photographers of lenses and equipment that just two decades ago was, would have been worth hundreds, if not thousands, of hard-earned dollars. And now people won't touch them. You almost have to pay them to take it away. And that's going to happen to snow machines. That's the sign of the school strike uh, for climate that there's an up-and-coming generation, the climate generation, that uh, will not take BS for an answer. <laughs> and um, like I'm out here working on my white bark pines and music and whatnot. Sun to sound, sun to sound. <laughs> and uh, I hope this is coming in on the background. If you're actually writing that, don't forget, it's like, um, that would be at least, we're guessing, but it's a good uh, 140 plus dB. And I think the Darth Vader helmets, again, it's tragic comic because they pull up, but they're always in packs. Luckily, they don't uh, go alone normally unless they're tremendously experienced because it is risky. If they get stuck, which they do, you have to have two or three people to help you get out. 250 kilos. There we go. Now they're going just uh, north of our base camp. I sometimes ask them, what, what did you, I'm always poking, but what did you top out at? I don't know their language. See, it's like speaking Chinese or something. That, uh, uh, oh, I was doing 110 miles an hour. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, and they come from all over. They're not just local yokels. <laughs> 
this area is well known because of the excellent, reliable, uh, up till now snowpack. So if they don't have snow in the the west of Oregon, they'll come here. And if they don't have snow in California or whatever, they'll come here. With big trucks pulling big trailers for two or three machines. So they'll come by. And uh, sometimes they stop and sometimes they don't even see me. They're going so fast. And we, we strike up a conversation. I'll give them some cliff cards. I'm hoping they're going to give me a, a beer and a cigarette or something. I mean, the life out here can get pretty, pretty austere and tough. And we'll strike up a conversation. And uh, I normally ask them about how fast they're going. But they'll... Uh, uh, they'll ask me what I'm doing and they see I'm a photographer and they'll say, well, what's causing this massive dieback, local collapse, if not extinction? Uh, for example, you don't have to go to the white bark pines where cooking in the afternoons with a wonderful BioLite uh, miniature wood stove that generates electricity with dead and dying groves of aspen trees. There's a massive aspen dieback that I'm working on as well. It makes excellent uh, firewood, so it's a way of being together with brother and sister aspen, one of the most beautiful trees in the universe. And I usually just say, well, we are. So even my most progressive friends do not, that means environmentally aware, and we're celebrating up here because uh, Toledo, Ohio, just passed the, the Bill of Rights for Lake Erie. Now, that's a historic event. And I'm sure it'll be fought for as long as there's uh, uh, lawyers in the courts against it. And, but it's a major step. And to our way of thinking, all it is, we frequently speak in our dialogues about the ethical circle of awareness. And the rights of nature is just one circle wider. That's all it is. And here in the great ecotone where nature connects with our little bit of, of humble culture here at Heartbreak Meadow Camp, I think they're out of... Boy, that's a, I don't like that word <laughs> you were shot. You gotta laugh. It keeps the spirits up. Well, here in our ecotone, in our humble little bit of culture, well, that's self-evidently obvious that we're all in this together. Once we get out of that geometry of life of two guns pointed at each other. You see, that's what happens. And I better sign off here. We're getting too long. That's what happens. Invariably. When a snow machiner sees a skier, they know they're ready. They, I'm sure the adrenaline already modulates to fight or fight uh, mode 
And if you're not uh, doing your meditation and inward dialogue as a skier, that will happen too. But then, you know, it's like the Bhagavad Gita, uh, uh, to be active, not in resistance, but in awareness. You see it, and then, in principle, it's just like a very cold, dry snow. It just bounces off you. And <laughs> but if you're in that uh, space of uh, geometry as two guns, which dominates everything, head to toe in North America, everything. So even if you're a philosopher... <laughs> You're totally dominated by that metaphysics. Or an artist. Totally dominated by that metaphysics. But up here, the geometry of life is a circle. And that's not just an idea. It's a way of being. So that sound, what does that sound mean? It means exactly what it says, greed, violence, control, testosterone, big cocks, and get the fuck out of the way. <laughs>